0: 2006. And one of those is spending time with God's Word. So, why don't we do that this morning? If you have a Bible, why don't we turn to Psalm chapter 1, the very start of, uh, of Psalm? Psalms chapter 1. And let's let's uh, re- I'll, I'll read this, and why don't you listen as as I read it for the benefits of the life that is lived um, with God's word. Oh, the joys of those who do not ad- follow the advice of the wicked, or stand around with sinners, or join in with scoffers, but they delight. In doing everything the Lord wants. Day and night they think about his law. They are like trees planted along the riverbank. Bearing fruit each season without fail. Their leaves never wither. And in all they do they prosper. But it's not true for the wicked. They're like worthless chaff. Scattered by the wind. They will be condemned at the time of judgment. Sinners have no place among the godly. For the Lord watches over the path of the godly. But the path of the wicked leads to destruction. The life of those that spend time with God's word. Why don't we pray together. God, we want to thank you for this year. We want to thank you for all the hopes and the possibilities that 2006 uh, brings for us. God, we're excited as we look to you, who is the God who is sovereign and in control. You are our God. You have promised God to be with us and never leave us and never forsake us. God, we thank you that you've promised to empower us as we look to you and as we rely on you. God, help us this year to be those that are constantly found reading your word, studying it, learning it, uh, allowing you to speak to us clearly from your word and applying it to our lives. God, we thank you for 2005 and for all the things you taught us in 2005. And as we look to 2006 and all that lies ahead, we, we commit ourselves to following you this year. God, we pray for our world. As we start this year, we we, we thank you that you are in control. We hold on to that. And God, we would pray that in 2006, we would see so many people coming to know you as their Lord and Saviour. God, we thank you for this city that we're a part of. Help us to be a great influence in 2006 in this place. God, we thank you for these moments this morning together. Speak to us and through us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's continue to worship God together. Thank you for leading us musicians and falling down at the feet of Jesus and coming afresh before him and just crying out, holy, holy, holy. I just want to let you know, um, just so that you know for sure, uh, nine o'clock next Sunday again, Then we're going back to 9 and 11. So it's just these two Sundays where it'll be like that. Tonight, we've got a normal service, 6.30. Um, What we're going to be doing tonight is uh, earlier on uh, in last year, Phil and I went down to Melbourne and we heard a speaker um, called uh, Irwin McManus. And he's a pastor from Los Angeles, has a a large church there where there's a lot of artisty kind of people and Hollywood people in the church and everything like that. And he uh, spoke um, down there, and we just found it just in, uh, the things that he said really uh, engaging. And tonight, we want to show a DVD of him speaking about the barbarian uh, way and talking about that the ordinary Christian should be like a barbarian. Um, and it's going to be challenging us to live um, the normal Christian way, and, uh, and, and that'll be exciting tonight. So, I'm looking forward. So that, 6.30 tonight. Come along, it should be a great time. And next Sunday uh, night as well, we'll have another service as well. So make sure you remember all those uh, things as well. And if you're starting afresh a, a for this year, you would have run out of giving envelopes and offering envelopes. They're up at the information desk and you can get those as you leave. And just reminding you, you can also Give regularly through FPOS as well. So there's um, all availability to do that every week and um, you can just go to the information desk after if you'd like information on how to do that as well. Well, I wonder if you ate too much over Christmas. Did anyone do that? (laughs) Often uh, at the start of the year, we all feel like we ate too much. I was talking to my neighbour yesterday and I couldn't believe it. He said to me, oh... You got a fast dog there? I said, "Yeah, he's running around a dog." He said, "Does he like going for runs?" He said, would, he, "Would you like me to take him for a run?" I need to get back. So people were even asking to borrow my dog so they can get fit <laughs> after after Christmas. Oh, at this point of the year, we'll do anything to get back, especially in uh, when it comes to eating. Because I know everywhere before I went before Christmas there was food. And as I just think back of all the food that I saw before Christmas, not one bit of it was good for me. Uh, (laughs) No one ever offered me bran biscuits or anything like that uh, or fruit platters. It was always chocolate and it was always uh, fattening. And so I was amused while I was down at Lawn after Christmas with the ads that came on TV. You know, um, weight loss program now begin... They all just started to come straight after Christmas and uh, New Year's. You know, I think that is because they all know that we all want to make New Year's resolutions that will make us uh, better for next year in the era of weight loss. Many people want to do that. But if it's not, I also noticed there were fitness um, ads on the TV while we were away. You know, sign up for gym membership now. Get fit. And this is the time of year to do it, because those people know that this is when people make New Year's resolutions and decide of what they're going to do for this year. So I, I wonder about you, maybe you've done that. Uh, maybe for you it's, I want to read more. You know, everyone knows that readers, uh, leaders are readers, and people that are reading are learning and growing. And maybe you look back on this year and say, I hardly read a book. Maybe I want to start that as a New Year's resolution. It could be that you've said, oh, my family, if I don't do something quickly about the amount of time that I spend with my family, I'm going to lose the years that I've had. And it may be that you're going to spend time this year. Your New Year's resolution is to carve out specific time to to spend with them. Whatever your New Year's resolution is, I want to encourage you. It's a good sign if you're making New Year's resolutions because, you know, I, I think the truth is that God wants you and I to grow in our spiritual lives. He wants us to grow in all areas. I think he's interested in all those things that we've been talking about just then. But he also wants us to grow in our um, Christian lives, in our lives of who we are. So today we're going to be talking about some habits and we're going to be talking about some crucial habits for, for 2006 and for the rest of your lives. But the truth is that when it comes to God, he doesn't want you and I, To stay the same. Look what it says in Ephesians 4:14 and 15 in J.B. Phillips' version. It says, we are not meant to remain as children, but are to grow up in every way into Christ. We're to grow up. God wants us to keep growing. Not that you would make a commitment many years ago and stay the same. God's into growth. He wants us to be continually growing. You might ask. This morning, well, how does he want me to grow to be? What does he want? What's the goal at the end of all this growth? Well, look what it says here in um, Romans 8 and 29. For God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son. God wants you to grow to become like Jesus. That's the goal of growth. At the end of two thousand and six. His desire is that you'd be so much more like Jesus. Now he doesn't want you to become Jesus. He doesn't want us to become gods at all. No, we're not to become a gods, a God. there is only one God. But he wants us to have the characteristics and the traits of Jesus to become like his son. And so we're meant to keep growing. But the bad news is that this sort of growth is just not automatic. Wouldn't we love it to be automatic? You know, we could maybe buy it or uh, take a, a growth pill and all of a sudden find that we've grown to become like Christ. But actually, it takes hard work. There's no shortcuts when it comes to becoming godly and growing like, uh, like Christ. It's something that not, not actually automatically happens. Some people would love it to, and actually some people act as though it could happen. You know, have you ever met people that say, you've just got to listen to this Tape, or if I could only just go to this church, or if I could only just have this emotional experience, then I will be, I'll have all that I need. Now, there are some people that say, if only I'll be able to uh, do all these particular rules, you know, legalism, if I can have that, then I'll be right. But the truth is, none of those quick fixes work. None of them will get you to be spiritually mature. It's not automatic. Now, it's a process. It's a process. You become spiritually mature and you grow over time. So the writer of Hebrews actually knew that this was not the case because he'd seen that there were Christians that hadn't grown. Anyone seen people that have been Christians for a long time but haven't grown? We see it all the time. This is what it says in Hebrews 5, 12 and 13. 13. You've been Christians a long time now and you ought to be teaching others. Instead you need someone to teach you. A person who is still living on milk isn't very far along in the Christian life and doesn't know much about doing what is right. So here are clearly some people that have been Christians for a long time now but hadn't grown to become more like Christ. So that's possible. You need to be uh, on a process where you are growing more and more. It's not automatic. So the, the, the other thing about it being a process is it, it's a continuing process. Look at this verse, 2 Peter 3, 18. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus, our, Saviour, our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. The sense of that word grow there is a continuous unfolding grow. It means keep growing, be continually growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour. And not only is it not automatic, not only is it something that is a process, but it's something that takes discipline. It takes hard work and discipline. Uh, To grow, to be more like Christ, uh, look what it says in 1 Timothy 4, 7b. Take the time and the trouble to keep yourself spiritually fit. How many people know that actually growing physically fit is hard work? It's tough, isn't it? You have to keep jogging and doing all these things or going on long walks and all those kind of things. It's just the same with spiritual fitness. It's hard work. This is what that uh, same verse says in the New American Stand, Standard Bible. Discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. Uh, Discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. If you want to become a disciple, you need to be disciplined in your life. You need to work hard at it. That's why one of the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. Did you know that? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. Disciples who have grown mature have controlled their lives in such a way where they're doing habits that are godly habits. They're disciplining themselves to do the things that will help them grow. Now, we know what it's like to do, be involved in habits that aren't healthy, don't we? We get into habits all the time of eating the wrong food, staying up late, habits of watching TV and, and doing things like that. You can have good habits and you can have bad habits, but people that are growing in maturity have chosen the habits that they Uh, are doing that will make them grow and become more and more like Christ. They focus on those ones. So let me share with you what it says in um, Webster's Dictionary about what a habit is, because we're going to be looking at these habits over the next four weeks. And this is what it says about a habit. Uh, A habit is a continual, often unconscious inclination to do a certain activity acquired through frequent repetition. So it's a continued, often unconscious inclination, to do a certain activity often uh, as a result of frequent repetition. Things like this, like uh, shaving, like brushing your <laughs> teeth. You know, you don't even think about them sometimes. Sometimes you, don't, you can't even remember whether you did it or not because it just happens so naturally. Uh, I I don't know about you, but I have a a definite side that I start on when I'm shaving. No one taught me to do that, but it's just a habit. Maybe you've got the same thing. Maybe uh, there are are things that you do just habitually. A habit is something that you're just so used to that you do over and over again. The second sort of uh, definition that Webster's includes is that it's an established disposition of the character. Now, have you ever heard someone say, that person's a good person? Well, how do they get to be a good person? Well, it's because they've been habitually doing good things. You see, if you're in the habit of doing good things, people say you're a good person. If you're someone who's a person of integrity, well, how do they know that you're a person of integrity? It's because you're always doing what you say you'll do. You know, it's a habitual lifetime. Someone's a gossip Well, it's because they're habitually gossiping or or slandering or all those different things there. So this is what it says. Uh, This is a well-known saying. Sow a thought and reap an act. Sow an act, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a character. Sow a character and reap a destiny. We actually become... The habits that we do. If you're known as someone who's like this, it's because of the way you're habitually living your life. So wouldn't it be great to know this morning that you were committing yourselves to habits that will help you reap a destiny, that, that will be godly habits where God will be able to transform your life and continue to change you to become more like his son. Wouldn't that be great? Yes. Great. Well, let's talk about one of the most incredible, life-changing habits that you can ever uh, commit yourself to. And this is going to be one that will be incredible for 2006, but not only 2006, but for the rest of your life. If you will put this habit into practice, God will continually change you. And it's spending time with God's Word. I've got to tell you that this habit has been one that has uh, changed my life uh, dramatically over time. Now, look, there's so much more changing to do. But there's been times in my life, there was a time in my life where I really started to say, I'm going to take reading God's Word seriously. And my life has, had changed. Times when I was making big decisions, I read long slabs of the Scriptures, asking, seeking God's, God's will. Times when I had to make important decisions. God's word was invaluable to me. Times when I uh, had to make important changes in character, God's word spoke to me clearly about things that I was doing wrong and what the right behavior could be. Uh, Times when I was learning about what God had done for me uh, in sending his son, this became crucial in understanding who I was in Christ and what he's done for me. God's word uh, was something that has helped to change my life incredibly. So much more to go. But boy, it's been um, incredible the way he's changed uh, my life from what it was. Uh, If you're afraid and filled with fear, uh, God's word can give you courage and strength. Look what it says in uh, Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1, uh, verse 6 starts and says, Be strong and courageous, God says, for I will lead my people to possess all the land I swore to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Joshua obviously was feeling a little bit nervous, a little bit afraid, lacking courage. And God says to him, Be strong and very courageous. And he says, Obey all the laws Moses gave you. Do not turn away from them and you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of the law continually. Meditate on it day and night so you may be sure to obey all that is written in it. Only then will you succeed. I command you to be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. God saying, my word will give you courage and strength when you are afraid. You're afraid? Well, this habit of getting to know God's word, spending time in God's word, will help that. Uh, Are you looking for guidance in your life? Well, David says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Well, I wonder this morning, I know we had very little faith this morning, so I've put out only a a few, uh, not enough of those Uh, brochures that are in your news sheet, but if you open your news sheet and it will have with you one A4, A5 sheet which has on it one side how to have a quiet time, I want you to, if you do have that, to turn it over onto the blank side of the page. And what I'd love you to do um, then is to grab your left hand and if you have a piece of uh, Uh, this piece of paper, or if you don't have that piece of paper, just grab a blank piece of paper from anywhere. And if you have a pencil, if you don't have a pencil, put up your hand and we'll bring a pencil down right now. Um, But what, what I want you to do is put your left hand on the blank piece of paper and just trace around an outline of your hand on that blank piece of paper. Could you do that for me now? So just now take your left hand on the piece of paper, on the blank sheet of paper, grab a a pen, a a pencil, and do an outline of your hand on that piece of paper. Got that? (laughs) Got it? Got it? Good, good. Some of you are struggling with an A5 sheet. You need an A4, don't you? (laughs) That's alright, don't worry. If you can't fit your hand on, just draw one, that would be fine, left hand. Now we're going to be talking uh, this morning about how to get a grasp on God's Word, how to, how to really grab hold of God's Word so that it can't be taken from you. Now some of this material um, that I'll be talking on comes from our uh, spiritual growth course that we teach teach here um, in our church so if you've done this I hope this will be a great recap for you this morning this part of the message Um, but uh, this is we're going to this is going to help us get a grip on God's word you know 2 Timothy 3 uh, 16 and 17 says these word. this word it says all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong In our lives, it strengthens us, it straightens us out and teaches us to do what is right. It is God's way of preparing us in every way, fully equipped for every good thing God wants us to do. Isn't that incredible? God's Word can do all those things for us. So it's so important that we do get a grip on God's Word and that we allow God's Word to be something that we know and understand and that we apply to our lives as God speaks to us through it. So I, I, I want to talk to you this morning about, first of all, how to hear God's Word, how to hear God's Word. So if you can just put, see that top um, finger up there? Can you see that? The word Hear up here just put that in the top little pinky (laughs) the little finger kind of illustrates first and the easiest way to receive God's word, it's through hearing and even a person who can't read uh, at all can hear God's word and if you come to church each week and you can't hear, well you can't read you can actually hear God's word even though you can't uh, read Romans Romans 10 and verse 7 says this it says faith comes from hearing the word of God Uh, how can you actually hear God's word how can you hear what's going on uh, listen to God's word well there's a few ways you can do that you can listen to it being uh, read publicly in church like we have this morning we've read Psalm 1 together and you would all got to hear that this morning You you can hear about it um, when it's read in church on Sundays. You can hear it through the message that is given each week. Uh, That's a way that you can hear God's Word. You can hear it in your small group or Bible study as people uh, speak God's Word in in the house group. You can also uh, do it another way. You can purchase uh, sermons each week. We've got the message that's on tape. I was talking to someone and they said, you know, what they do is they love to get the CD of the tape put it on their CD player and actually work out at the gym while they listen to the message. Um, There you go, you can try that. I've I've just got an iPod recently, you know, one of those iPod things. And I put it on and I go jogging and listen to messages, uh, sermons on my iPod while I jog. And uh, it's just great. You get to hear God's word being uh, handled well by great preachers from all around the world while I'm jogging you can hear God's word that's that way. Um, the other thing you can do is you can actually listen to God's word being read on a, on a CD or on a table. You could go to Word today, or uh, not today, you could go tomorrow, and you could get um, the NIV, the newer, New King James Version being read um, on, on a CD, and you can just put it on and put it in your car and drive away and hear God's word being spoken. That's ways you can hear God's Word. You can listen to the whole Bible that way. Also you can go to a web, website called BibleGateway.com so if you, you wanted to you could write that down and at that uh, website you can actually just put in the verse and the chapter and click on it and it will read the verse in chapter 2. So when you get to Nehemiah and it's all those tough verses <laughs> where all those big long words you can just get them to read it for you and so that's, that's uh, really helpful. Um also, the only problem is that when it comes to hearing, do you know what? The, you know how much we remember of things that we've heard? Uh, 95% of the things that we hear today will be forgotten in 72 hours. 95% of the things that we've heard today will be forgotten only after 72 hours. So hearing is kind of okay. It's good to hear it. But if that's all you're doing to get a grasp on your Bible, I mean, you're not going to have very much to listen to. So how can we improve our hearing more? Well, there's a a few ways that we can actually do that. Be eager and ready to hear uh, God. So when you come each Sunday, be ready and eager to hear. Uh, Jesus said in Luke 8.8, He who has ears, let him hear. Hear, he was saying. Listen well. So come and be eager to hear. Deal with the attitudes that prevent us from hearing from God. Deal with those. You know, consider carefully the way that you listen. You know, some of the attitudes are explained in the parable of the sower. You know how Jesus talked about people. He talks about, about people that have a closed mind. Ask yourself, you know, is there fear or pride or bitterness Pre- preventing me from hearing God this morning or when you're listening to a, a, a tape or something like that um, be careful that you come not listening with a superficial mind you know ask yourself am I really serious this morning about wanting to hear what God's saying are you here just again thinking well I just do this out of habit you can actually determine to listen wanting to change God speak to me you can be saying uh, the other kind of Uh, mind that we can have in that parable is the 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 ones that have preoccupied mind too busy you know concerned with other things and so they uh fail to concentrate on what God has to say you know sometimes God is wanting to say things to us all the time but sometimes our busyness stops us from hearing him Uh, how do you hear are you listening to him other ways is to confess any sin in your life sin can stop us from hearing from God a great way is to take notes on what you hear and act on what you hear. You know, if you keep hearing things and not putting them into practice, you, you just become uh, someone who just takes things on and, and doesn't, doesn't really put them ever into practice, and that's dangerous. Uh, James 1 and 21 22 says, Don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Actually do what it says. So that's the first thing, getting a grip on God's word, is to hear it. Uh, The the other thing that you can do is read God's word. Read God's word. So hearing it and reading God's word. The the ring finger um, represents a, a further way of actually getting a grip on God's word. So I can go deeper into God's word, not just by hearing it, but by reading it as well. People have asked, how often should I read God's Word? Every day. Every day is a good, good thing to read God's Word every day. Um, this is what it says in uh, Deuteronomy 17 and verse 19. He must always, this is talking about the king, he must always keep this copy of the law with him and read it daily as long as he lives. That way he will learn to fear the Lord his God by obeying all the terms of his law. Every day he is to read his word. Why? So he could be a good king. Do you want to be good in the things that you oversee, the people that you care for, the the your life, your domain, where you where you are? Well, read God's word every day, just like the king. Um there are so many great benefits of reading God's word every day. I've found that I've been able to resist. Uh, uh, I've been able to um, grow as I keep reading it in many different ways Um, some great good suggestions for it is to read God's word systematically Um, we we had last year this time we gave out these um, little mine's all tattered and broken now but this is how to read the Bible through a, a whole Bible in one year and if you can get a way of systematically reading through God's Word, it's, it's great. Uh, did you know it it's only takes uh, approximately 20 minutes a, a, a day, sometimes a little bit longer, sometimes less, uh, to read through the whole Bible in one year? That's manageable, isn't it? If you could just spend that time systematically working through that. Imagine your life 20 years from now, reading through God's Word 20 times as you, as you did that. Um, read it in different translations. Uh, sometimes there are different translations that are great just for reading along. You know, the Message Bible doesn't have the individual verses on, so it just reads like a, a newspaper. The Living Bible, the New Century Version, are some very readable or just to read big slabs. But read any translation. It's it's great to read in different translations and find new things out. Read it aloud, quietly to yourself. Have anyone been? reading and find their mind just wanders. Well, sometimes it's great to just keep reading it quietly aloud and you stick onto onto what you're doing. Underline verses, colour code them. Choose a a particular um, way to read it through systematically. You might be reading a certain passage and pick it up the next day and keep reading on through that way. Have a plan when you come to reading. Uh, This particular way that we did last year We gave out these and I want to let you know that it's been great and encouraging. Some of you have put blue cards into the offering and said, hey, I've finished reading the Bible in a year. I've done that. And that's so encouraging that you've been reading God's word and been um, reading that regularly each day. You know, I had someone who came to me about November, uh, October, November. said, I've finished reading it right through already. So they just loved, loved every minute of it, and it's great. So I'd encourage you. Today we've got lots of these you can pick up as you leave, um, and you can pick up one. You're going to have to read a lot today, just seven days' worth, but you've got the whole year to catch up, and they give you one day off on the whole year, so you can catch up on that day too. So, but, but do that. It's great. So um, first thing, hearing God's Word. The second thing, is reading God's Word. Now the third thing is to study God's Word. Now, this is going deeper. The middle finger represents a, a deeper way of studying God's Word. Uh, if I hear it, and if I read it, and if I study God's Word, then I'm starting to get more of a grasp, you know, a bit more of a grip on it. Um, it, it it's, it's, it's getting deeper. Um, And the more I do that, the more fingers I have holding this Bible. It's still pretty hard, isn't it? We're just three. But the less likely people are to take it away from me if I've got my fingers on this. So how do you study God's word? Uh, How can we do that? Well, look what um, the the Bible says about the people of Berea. Uh, they, They receive the message with great earnestness and examine the scriptures every day. They didn't just hear them, they didn't just read them, they examined them every day. When I was at the Bible College of Victoria, their whole verse for those that had come to study God's word was this, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. Be one who's uh, correctly handling God's Word because you're studying it and you're you're really putting it into practice. You know, one of the major differences between reading God's Word and studying God's Word is that you have a pencil in your hand when you're studying it. You know, you're not just reading it without taking notes and without uh, writing down some things and and working on it. Uh, The secret, though, to being able to study the Bible well is to actually know what questions to ask when you come to study the Bible. Here's some great questions that you can ask to study God's Word. Whatever passage you're looking at, asking you know, who, who is this passage about? Who, who's involved? Who, who's the subject in this passage? It could be God, it could be Jesus, it could be me, it could be somebody else who's being talked about. What is being said in this passage? What, what is being said about that? When is it being said? Where is this taking place? Why is it taking place and how is, is, is this happening? Those are great questions just to come to any uh, passage and ask, um, it's great to have with you when you're doing uh, pers- personal, you, your own study some, some good tools. And some great tools are um, study Bibles today. You can get some fabulous ones. The one I've got is the Life Application uh, study Bible. This is great for personal application. If you're reading uh, a passage and you want to apply it to your own life, this is a, a, a wonderful uh, study Bible to read. The NIV study Bible is great for background information. Um, it's, that study talks about um, a lot about background detail. Also if you're into uh, topical or themes, then the um, Thompson's Chain Reference Bible is a great one as well. But a, a, a few good study bibles are great to have Uh, you can get a bible dictionary and a bible commentary and if you wanted to just some great ones are the new bible dictionary and the new bible commentary they're easy to remember but if you have those with you any passage you can just look up in the whole bible and see what people have said about that and that will greatly enhance your times of reading so we've come to this point now where we're up to our fourth finger, not hearing, not only reading, studying, but actually memorising scripture, memorising God's word. And I hear some groans out there, did I? Uh, It's actually something where we need to be disciplined in if we're going to be able to memorise scripture. But you know, it's one of the most effective ways to get God's word into our lives because it actually um, represents here the Uh, it's represented in the index finger and when you've got these on you're doing well you've got a good grip here on on God's Word and and when you've got it in you then it really does live in us God's Word is in our hearts and in our minds and we are speaking it and 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 things this is a great great way to do it this is what Proverbs um, 7 and verses uh, 3 to 2 says guard my teachings God says as your most precious possessions, possession. Tie them on your fingers as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. God wants us to to know and memorize parts of God's word. How how can we do this? Uh, I I think one of the best ways is, before I talk about that, let me just share with you. For me, this has been incredible. When there's been times of temptation in my life, I've just gone straight to the Bible and looked for verses on all the things that I've been tempted to do that God's teaching on those. And when I've done that, I've memorised a scripture around that, just one which I can share with you, is at uh, Bible college, study time. You know, I was tempted to slack off there. There were times. So you know what I did? I got right at the end of my uh, thing... Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as to the Lord, as though the Lord was right there with you. Whatever you do, work at it with with all of your heart as though you're working for the Lord. And I imagine Jesus walking up behind me at the study, and I imagine him saying, come on, get going. I've got you here for a reason. Uh, You know, there's other times when I've had this verse, Matthew Uh, Mark chapter 1 and verse 35, which says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up. Isn't that great to have right next to the end of your bed uh, if you (laughs) want to do that? Memorise scripture because it helps you to live it. Um, uh, This is what what it says in um, the NIV in Psalm 119 and verse 1 is, I have hidden your word in my heart, that I might not sin against you. This is what memorizing scriptures for. Help us in times of temptation. Give us comfort and strength when we're feeling scared and afraid. Encourage us to help us, equip us to live our lives, to be, to, to gain strength in all that we're doing. And these are three key elements that will help you in memorizing. First, of thing is to review the verse you're trying to remember. The second thing is to review. The verse you're trying to remember. And the third thing is to review the verse you remember. There's no shortcuts to mem- memorising. You've just got to keep doing it over and over again. Keep, keep remembering uh, God's word. Uh, uh, try and find good times when you can actually do it. A good time might be during your quiet time to m- memorise a verse. If you've been reading God's word and a verse stuck out and it was meaningful to you, put that one aside, write it down and memorise that, that, that verse then in that time while exercising. You know, that's good. As you breathe in, greater is he than is in you than, is, than he that is in the world. <laughs> you know, you can, you can do it all, all the time. That's, that's a great way. Um, when you're waiting, anyone find yourself waiting sometimes at dentist surgeries or whatever? I've got these little cards that I uh, that I've got. They're from the um, NIV, uh, from the Navigators Topical Memory Index, and they're just little flashcards. And I carry them on me um, in my in my sort of bag that I have, and and it's got all these. Uh, verses that I just can look through whenever I've got a few moments. So instead of being angry that someone's stood you up or something, or that you're having to wait all the time, you can just sit down and read these verses and rem- remember them as you're going. So use those times. Uh, we've, we had a friend, have, a, have a friend who put these little cards right in their car, you know, where the speedometer is, and every time they got in the car, you know, they'd drive along and remember it. I, I, I don't know whether that's quite legal, but... <laughs> Uh, you get the idea. Walking in under, um, you know, doorways, you can put one on there. I remember when we were just kids, we had one right on our toilet. I remember what it was. It, you'd sit on the toilet and remember it was Proverbs 3 5 and 6. And I can still remember it today. So that's, that's great. Anyone know it? Do you know it? Anyone know Proverbs 3 5 and 6? No, no one's going to yell out. Um, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will show you the right way. So there you go. I still remember that from a little boy. So parents, put one on your toilet thing today because kids will remember it and it will help them in years to, years to come. Now, we've got to keep moving on here. But um, just remember to keep reviewing we remember too. The other, the other thing which is important is don't try and remember a whole lot of verses that don't mean much to you. You're just asking for trouble doing that. You know, there are some verses that really speak out to us, aren't there? There are some that really challenge us. Uh, remember those ones, the ones that you feel God is speaking to you about and you, and, and, and you sense him talking to you about. Remember those. It's would be so much easier to remember those ones. Uh, what I just mentioned before was the topical memories system. This goes through systematically and it helps you to remember uh, things under themes. You can get this down at, at uh, any book, Christian bookshop. You could order it um, over the internet, I'm sure, but navigators put that together and I'm sure Dave West would help you um, get, a, get some of those as well if you wanted those. Well, I'm not sure actually. You have to talk to him yourself. <laughs> um, so there we go. The, the third thing, uh, the, the, the next thing, we hear God's word, we read God's word, we study God's word, we memorise God's word, and then we think on God's word. We think about it. We meditate on it. Uh, the, the thumb represents the thinking. And so now look at this. You've got this oh, great grip on God's word when you've got all these things happening. And um, actually uh, thinking about it is uh, meditating. Now, meditating is thinking about a a Bible verse in order to discover how this truth can actually apply to my life. This is what it says in the Living Bible, Psalm 1, uh, verses 2 to 3. Those who are always meditating on his laws are like trees along a riverbank bearing fruit. They never wither, and whatever they do, but those that are always meditating, thinking about, uh, reflecting on God's word and thinking about how they can apply it to their lives. So um, there, there are lots of ways to, do, uh, to, to meditate on God's word, to think about it, toss it over, think of all different ways. But space pets is a great way to do that. You could write that down next to where you are and that might help you remember it because on the back I've got some application for you to remember this during this week, as you try and have um, your own quiet time. Um, space pets. Is there a sin to confess? Ask that as you're thinking about a verse or, or thinking about God's word. Is there a promise in this verse to claim? You know, I will never leave you or forsake you. Is there a promise there? Is there an attitude that I should change? You know, let nothing unwholesome come out of your mouth. Only that which is helpful. That's an attitude that's to change. Uh, is there a command to obey? Is there an example to follow? Is there a, a prayer to pray? Is there an error that I could should avoid? Is there a truth to believe? And is there something to thank God for? There's some good questions when you're meditating on God's Word. You know, rather than just taking it there, Ask these questions: What is this verse asking me to do? How can I think about it? Another way is to actually speak the word out, emphasizing different um, parts of the verse. You know, say if you had trust in the Lord with all your heart. Try, try this: Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. You see, different emphasis. Uh, bring out different things out of the same verse and trying that's a good way to do that uh, as well. Um, So remembering um, how to do all those things. Finally, and most importantly, is to apply God's word to your life. The reason um, uh, we're to do this is because we know just knowledge itself can puff up but we want to be those that are doing God's word, not merely listening to the word, but actually doing God's word, like James 1 says. Now, when I've got this like this, um, Mandy, Mandy, did you want to just pop up here for a minute? Now, uh, Mandy, I want you to, um, I've got these two, two things here, which I'm doing my first two, which is hearing the word and actually then applying the word. So I've got those two. So this is what you, maybe you came every week and you just heard God's word um, as it was spoken here or read and then you tried to live it in your life. Uh, could you try and just take that from me? Pull it out. It, it, see, it can come. Isn't it? Give her a round of applause there. Stay, stay up for a minute. Now what happens to people that just come to church each week and try and live it in their lives but don't, read during the week, study it, um, try and meditate on it, try and uh, think about God's word, is that when Satan wants to snatch this from you, you've just got two fingers that you're trying to defend it with. But if you've got a good grip on God's word, Mandy, try and grab that out from there. <laughs> <laughs> See, look at that. Nothing's going to stop that. That's exciting, isn't it? If you'll apply and live God's word in your life, then that's so uh, important. So important when it comes to applying God's word and doing these things. Uh, Some of the things to ask when you think about how you're applying God's word to your life, the last one, is that you think, well, what does it mean for its original hearers? What kind of underlying timeless truth is being told in this passage here that goes right through the years? And how does it apply to my life today, what what, what, this is, uh, what this is saying. Some great things if you know you're applying God's word well is that it's personal, it's practical, it's possible and it's provable. So for instance, applying God's word might be uh, be kind to one another. Then you might be reading that verse and you might think, okay, well, I've understood it, I've thought about it, I've memorised the verse. And I've, uh, I've, I've really gone right through that. Now, what application can I do? We'll make an application that's personal. God, I want to be kind. Uh, I, I'm committing to be kind to this person. It, uh, how am I going to demonstrate that? It's practical. Well, I'm going to be kind by uh, showing how much I value them as a person. Is it, It's possible it's got to be something that you can do that is actually possible. So if you say, I'm going to be kind, I'm going to bake them a cake, you've got to have the time and the resources and the money and the, uh, you've got to be a cook, I suppose, as well. <laughs> is it provable? Can I actually look back and say that I've actually done this? That's applying God's Word. Now, this is so important because so many people hear God's Word but don't live it. And spiritual maturity, uh, being a disciple of Christ is not those that know a lot of God's word. No, and and get this clearly, because many people think that Bible knowledge means spiritual maturity. No, not necessarily. It's the, the amount of knowledge that you're able to apply in your life and live. God wants us to obey his word and live it daily in our lives. And then you'll have a great grip on God's word. So I don't want you to just hear this this morning. And go away and not do anything about it. Um, John 13 verse 17 says, You know these things, now do them. That is the path of blessing. So I want to encourage you this week. If you're not having a quiet time at all, then start. Start today and start this week. The handout that I've given you is given for people that are, are starting to say, I'm going to start. Now, it's 15 minutes with God. Phil Weeks developed something this last year, which was seven minutes for the youth, and saying seven minutes, seven days a week, wasn't it? Seven times seven, Phil. Navigators. Pardon? Navigators. Navigators. Great. And, and it, it was just uh, it was a just great way to do, to do that. Um, and this, what we're saying is this week, spend 15 minutes with God. You can see there some of the things that we've talked about today uh, are times when you can read God's Word, think on God's Word, meditate on God's Word, memorise. I also included at times in prayer with that. And the idea is, hey, if you're not doing anything, start with 15 minutes. But let it grow from there. You know what I think people do? They say, I'm going to have a quiet time and I've got to be like Martin Luther who got up three hours in the morning and I'm going to do that. And they start and then by Wednesday they think, oh, I'm about nine hours behind and I can never do this. I think start with something that is achievable. If you haven't had a quiet time before or, you, or, you, or you haven't, they've dropped off, start with 15 minutes and don't watch the clock. Let it grow and, and do that. Next week, we're going to be just coming back and seeing how did you go? How did that go? Um, and, and what we're going to be doing is giving you just a few more tips on how to make that time better with God. So 2006, time in God's Word. Amen. Amen? 2006, time in God's Word. Amen? Amen. Great. Well, let's pray together as we finish. God, we thank you so much that you don't want us just to stay the same. You want us to be growing and continually becoming more and more like you with every day. God, help us to delight in your Word. Help us to find great joy in studying it, in memorising it, in, in thinking about it, in meditating on it, in hearing it, in reading it. God, we pray that as we do this, you would continue to transform us to become more and more like your son. God, we just are overwhelmed when we think about the potential of a church of people who read your word, who live according to it who study your word, who wrestle with your word. God, we, we just say, would you use us and work through us as we depend on hearing from you through your word, on reading it, on studying it. God, we commit ourselves to doing this this year. We commit ourselves to this habit. And we ask, Lord, that you would be glorified in our lives as we do that. In Jesus' name, amen. So next.